Oh, Lord, it is good to be here this morning. It is good to be in your presence with each other. And I ask, Lord God, that you would go ahead of, as you have been already, this time together, Lord. That you would be glorified in all things, in all that is said, all that is sung, in all that is done, Lord God. May you be glorified. For you are worthy, Lord. You alone are worthy. Lord, open our ears to hear you. Open our hearts and minds to understand you, Lord. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. So, God is at work today, growing his kingdom. And you and I, we get to be a part of that. And that's a really exciting thing. He is growing his kingdom within us. He is growing his kingdom around us. He is growing his kingdom all across the earth. It is an unstoppable force. And you and I, we get to be a part of that. And that's exciting. So how many of you woke up this morning and you looked in the mirror and you said, I'm a part of the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Well, you are. <laughs> Last week, we, uh, <clears throat> we looked at these, these three horticultural parables, if you will, that Jesus spoke on. Uh, we know them often as the parable of the sower, the parable of the growing seed, and the parable of the mustard seed. And as Jesus is speaking these parables and as he's explaining them to his disciples, we learn that the seed that he is talking about is the word of God. And it's this word that grows. And as it grows, it grows into his kingdom, remember? He keeps saying, what is the kingdom of God like? What can I explain it like? It's like the seed that grows. And sometimes it grows from a very small thing into something absolutely amazing. And Travis left, left us with a question last Sunday at the end. He said, what is God growing in you? What about this word? Is God growing in you? And this morning as we dive a little deeper into this, I would ask, what season of growth are you at right now with what God is growing in you? Because chances are we are all experiencing a different season, if you will, of what God is doing within us. For some of us, it might be the season of summer and, you know, everything is growing nicely and it's sunny out and it's warm and, you know, the little woodland creatures and the birds are with us and it's just a really awesome, beautiful time. Very, I don't know, just nice. It's nice. Or maybe we are in a season of fall and the things that God is doing has come to fruition and we are experiencing the fruit of that. Or maybe we're experiencing the fruit of what God's allowed us to sow into others with his word. And we're seeing the fruit of that come forth. And that's really exciting. Or perhaps we're at the beginning stages of spring and the little sprouts are starting to, to pop up. You know, and we're, we're starting to imagine what this will look like. And in a couple of weeks, it's just going to explode, right? And still, for some of us, it's the season of winter. And all is bleak. And all is barren. And it seems like God isn't doing anything in us. And that's the season we're going to be focusing on this morning. Now I warn you, preaching a sermon using winter as a metaphor while living in Victoria is a little redundant. So for those of you who don't know any better, just try and imagine as best you can what it's like just about anywhere east from us in the wintertime. 
and that'll help with this morning. There, imagine that. Thank you. That's awesome. But as we look at this season of winter that we sometimes experience as we are a part of the kingdom of God, I want us first to look again at Mark's um, passage here in chapter 4 of these three parables. So I'm not going to go through it verse by verse by any means, but please, if you have a Bible, open it to Mark chapter 4, and we're going to start at verse 1, and we're going to look at kind of these first 25 verses. And as we do so, as we look at these, I want to frame it with the word listen. And not just because I'm giving a sermon, but I want to frame this part with the word listen. Let's let that kind of ring in our minds as we hear this. As Jesus begins to to tell this parable of the sower and the seed that he sows and how it lands in all the different parts, the rocky paths, the the good soil, there's the thorns, you know, if you don't know the story, just kind of skim through it really quickly. We didn't read the whole thing this morning. But as Jesus is telling this parable, he is sandwiching this first one with a command to listen so that we might understand. This command rings out not only for the people to hear Jesus' words, but also to listen and understand them. And this passage highlights not only the outsider's inability to sometimes understand what Jesus is speaking, but we see also that the disciples, the ones who are on the inside, they too have trouble understanding what Jesus is talking about. And so Jesus is saying, listen, that you might understand. Pay attention, because there's mystery afoot here. Because, friends, the kingdom of God is full of mystery, isn't it? We can never fully understand everything about it, but Jesus does let us understand quite a few things about it. And what is made clear as Jesus teaches his disciples is that Jesus wants to reveal the mystery. He wants people to get it. For whatever is hidden, he says, is meant to be disclosed. And whatever is concealed is meant to be brought out into the open. If anyone has ears to hear, let them hear. Listen. The more we listen and hear, the more we embrace what Jesus has for us. And the more that we will be given. Remember, with the measure you use, he says. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you. And even more. So listen. As Jesus teaches, what is made clear is that he is the key to what these stories are about. The seed that finds good soil produces a crop greater than anyone could imagine. And this seed is God's word, and the crop is the growth of God's kingdom. What else is like it, Jesus says? What else can I compare it to? It's like this growing seed he begins to speak about in verses 26 to 29. And so if we frame that first part with the word listen, let's frame this next part with the words hope, patience, and preparation. Jesus goes on to talk about seed that is found purchased in soil, and the farmer, he tends to it. I can imagine it must take a lot of hope when a farmer plants a field. When you look out on that field and you can't see anything being produced yet, but you know that deep down underneath there's this seed that's sitting there, it must take a lot of hope. It must take a lot of patience because I'm sure that sometimes that seed doesn't come when we expect it to. The the sprouts don't begin to happen yet. So it must take a lot of hope and it must take a lot of patience. 
when we're looking out at a barren field. It takes a patient farmer to wait for the crop to come up, and through it all, the farmer has to be prepared for that when it does come up, he's ready to do what needs to be done with it. The farmer knows what to do. And yet, through all of this, as much as the farmer is involved, something deeper and something greater is happening that the farmer has absolutely no control over. Jesus says, night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though the farmer does not know how. How does this happen? Isn't it cool how, you know, we can provide the best conditions as possible, but in the end, there's just this this little seed, and in it is this, like, genetic material that's just kind of telling it, okay, now's the time, go. We don't have any control over that. I would argue (laughs) that that seed answers the call of God to begin doing what it needs to do. We can be involved with it, but in the end, it's only going to do what it's going to do. And likewise, in the kingdom, we can be involved, and we should be involved. We are called to care for it. We are called to tend to it. We are called to be a part of it. That's a great honor. But in the end, God's kingdom is going to grow. And only he is really going to make that happen. All by itself, the soil produces grain, Jesus says. First the stalk, and then the head, and then the full kernel in the head. And as soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it, because the harvest has come. Jesus goes on to talk about what it can become. And I'd like us to frame this part in verses 30 to 35 with the word imagination. Because I think Jesus is saying, look at what could happen. Imagine what can happen when I get a hold of what you have. And when I start working with what you've got. When the kingdom of God grows, it becomes greater than anyone could ever imagine. Like a small seed that grows into a plant or a tree of amazing size, the kingdom does so as well. I spent a lot of last year at Regent studying sort of the early church and and the church and how it kind of grew throughout the ages. And I'm astounded. When I look at the early church, especially the first century Christians, I'm astounded sometimes that the church survived. It had so much going against it. How did this little group of people grow and grow and grow? And I have to believe that even though I know that there was amazing things happening and, and, and even in like worldly conditions and things like that, there were things going on socially and, and all sorts of stuff where people were involved. But in the end, only God is going to grow his kingdom. And look how it's grown. And yeah, it ebbs and it flows and it you know, rises and it falls in different areas around the world, but still his kingdom is growing. That's really exciting, you guys. That is a good thing. This is what God's kingdom is like. A seed that grows by God's hand and explodes into a living, dynamic, and glorious community that every tribe and tongue gets to be involved in. Hallelujah. And we do have a partner. But sometimes we, either personally, sometimes corporately, we experience a season of winter where we know all these things. We know that God's word is in us. We know that God's going to do something with it, but nothing is happening. When I use the metaphor of winter, where the seed, the word of God in us, is concerned, 
I'm talking about a time where we experience very little. Or it feels that God's taking his sweet time to make anything happen. But like a long frozen winter, these times can be ideal conditions for growth. Oftentimes, there will be a better crop when a seed experiences really cold conditions during the winter. If you're a farmer during the wintertime, I imagine that your days are filled with a lot of rain, a lot of manure. And so you're sloshing through the rain and you're, you're trudging through the manure, but you have to remember that in all of this, it serves as an important purpose. It is, in fact, integral for growth, these conditions. And often the conditions that we experience in this way is an integral way for God to grow what is in us. John Steinbeck wrote, What good is the warmth of summer without the cold of winter to give it sweetness? So there, now you have a theological sermon, now you have a cultured sermon too. So we've got John Steinbeck in it. I'm speaking this morning to all of you, obviously, but to those of you this morning who feel this is you, who feel very much like nothing's happening right now, You'd love for God to start doing something, but it feels like he's forgotten. We're even waiting a long time, and how much longer, Lord? I wait for the Lord, my soul waits, right? We just sang that. If this is you this morning, then may I encourage you to do what we heard Jesus speak about earlier? Listen. (laughs) Listen. If you are in a season of winter right now, feeling like you are barren, icy, hard ground in which nothing can grow, take that time to listen. Jesus' command to listen has never ceased, and daily we should come before the Lord to do so, to be still and to listen no matter what the season. But the winters we experience can be a time to draw especially close and hear what God is speaking to us. In fact, that might have direct bearing on why we're in a winter season in the first place. And sometimes this is harder than others. Some winters are stormy, even in Victoria. Some winters are stormy. Some winters are full of bad weather. And things just keep coming against us. Brutal conditions. And in those times, it can be hard to hear God, undoubtedly. So it's in those times that we need to seek shelter. And so if that's you, you need to find that shelter. And that might be as simple as it's in your bedroom kneeling next to your bed in prayer. It may be here in church. It may be in the company of good friends or family. But you need to find those times of shelter to press in and hear what God is saying. Other times, winter can be more still, peaceful even, a time of great beauty, a time to tuck in, reflect, and prepare. And in this time of listening, we wait on God's words of direction and instruction and teaching, perhaps a time of conviction and rebuke even, a time of confession and repentance. We've talked about that a lot lately. Listen carefully that you might respond well to what God is telling you because remember, Jesus wants to reveal, right? He wants to tell you. So listen. And as you do so, through the season of winter, let hope, patience, and preparation, there's those words again, hope, patience, and preparation, let those be the logs that you're throwing in the fire to keep you warm through that winter. 
Like the farmer in the parable, we tend to the word of God within us with the understanding that night or day, asleep or awake, God is moving to make that word in you come alive, to make that word begin to sprout. And that's something important to remember. If things have come to a halt and it seems like nothing is happening, to remember God is still moving. He is still moving. He has not forgotten you or forsaken you or given up on you. And this season, like any other, is encompassed in God's love. So even in those times where we're listening and we do hear perhaps conviction or rebuke, it's all encompassed in his love. Just as a loving parent would discipline a child. Through this, we are like a a farmer looking out on a frozen field. There has to be hope that something is going on under that concrete-like earth. Something is indeed going to take place. And so patiently, we wait. Lest we succumb to the temptation to just do something about it. Right? Don't we love to do that? When God's taking too long, we really enjoy giving him a hand. Well, Lord, you seem to need some help. I'll do something about that. I'm sure this will be a good idea. That assumes that he's not doing anything. That assumes that he's doing something wrong. I'd I'd argue that's a dangerous assumption to make. God's word is taking root inside and soon will sprout, but it's on his time. It's on his agenda, not ours. That can be hard. So we wait with patience and with hope that he is moving. And as we do so, we prepare. Because it should be no surprise when that growth does occur, when we start to see God moving. That should not surprise us. We should not be surprised when we see these little sprouts start to come up and we think, oh my gosh, look at that. God did something. It's like that word is living and active. Who would have thought? We should not be surprised, but we should be prepared. Again, drawing close and listening so that we know that when it does begin to move, what God wants us to do with that. And as we do so, let's come back to that word, imagine. Imagination. Listen to the parable of the mustard seed and get excited. We've spoken many times, even in class this morning, we spoke about the the wonderful things that God can do with the little that we have. And he will do a lot with the little that we have. If what we have is as small as a mustard seed, Jesus' words are clear on the potential that it possesses when it comes to the kingdom of God. So let this time of imagining continue through these times of winter. It gives us faith as we focus on the fact that it's a good work that he's creating within us. And he alone will bring it to fruition. Hallelujah. James 5 verse 7 says, Be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. And see how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rains. Wintertime can feel like that. Lord, when are you coming? When are you, you going to do something, Lord? Be patient. Patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rains. We are called to be a part of God's kingdom. And each one of us has a very important part to play in it. Because when God's at work in us and with us, we know it's an integral part. It's, it's no better or no less than anyone else. It's just as important because God's just as much involved. So we can get up in the morning and we can look in the mirror 
and with great humility, but also with great joy, say, I'm a part of the kingdom of God. That's an exciting thing. Thank you, Lord. What do you want to do with me? And whatever season we're in, we remember that God is moving, and he is doing, and he will again. So be encouraged, church. Be encouraged. If you are in this time of winter, take that time to listen to the Lord, to hear what he wants to say to you. Take that time and and with great hope and patience be prepared for when God does move. And then just imagine what he's going to do with what you've got, with what he's given you. It'll be a good thing. And if this is not you this morning, if you are in a different season right now and things are happening, but you know someone who is in a season of winter, come alongside them. First and foremost, listen to them as well. Hear what they have to say, where they are at. And maybe use your story to encourage them. I was once there as well, but you know what God did? He did this. To encourage them that, yes, spring is coming. It's good to remember as well because these winters, they come again and again, don't they? It's not just a one-time thing. So we need to remember what God's done the last time. And we need to be faithful to Him, knowing that He'll be faithful to us and will help us through. I want to end with a verse out of Hosea chapter 6. I think these are some verses that Travis will be working with next week. So I'll let him take it from there. But I want to end with uh, Hosea chapter 6, verse 3. Let us acknowledge the Lord. Let us press on to acknowledge him. As surely as the sun rises, he will appear. He will come to us like the winter rains and like the spring rains that water the earth. He will come. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you that you are a God who comes to us in all seasons, Lord, who never leaves us alone, who never forgets us, who has never forsaken us, but draws near to us, who provides for us, Lord, those times of shelter that we might hear you, Lord, that we might be encouraged, refreshed. Lord, give us hope and patience, Lord Jesus when it comes to waiting on you. Help us not to give up, Lord, or to act foolishly. Lord, I pray for those here this morning who are experiencing this time. And Lord, I pray, I speak encouragement. It will not last forever. It's not a hundred-year winter. It is a time. And Lord, you are moving. Move in their lives, I pray. Move in each of our lives, Lord God, as we, your church, continues to grow into the great kingdom of God. Thank you, Lord. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Bless you.